When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Yes, sir. Friday, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. So excited about today's program for a multitude of reasons as we say hi. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Dustin Sweetelson did a great job. I heard the big guy. I'm proud of him hosting Best Bets before Sharp Money. Great job, Dustin Sweetelson. And of course, our friend, our colleague here at VEASAN, Mike Samich, joins us on the panel there at South Point. Samich, what's up, man? Good to see you. Oh, excited to be back in Vegas here, man. It feels like home being back here. Can't wait to get uh, three hours of sharp money in the books and then start working on the handle this weekend. And he's playing big guy. Shout to the big guy. Dustin, what's up? He's playing injured with the Achilles. He popped it like he's KD, but he made it into studio. Yeah, you know, I forgot that he was coming here hobbled up, and when I rolled up to the studio, I'm like, who's the guy in the suit on crutches? Like, who is this guy? Why is he here? And I looked up, oh, that's right. Samich busted up his leg thinking that he was still an elite athlete. So what's fascinating, and Samich, I'll let you get in, but what's fascinating is, you know how we've been talking all summer? Like, college football is right around the corner. The NFL is right around the corner. Fellas, we're literally there. I mean, week zero is tomorrow. We're going to kick off, obviously, Dublin, Navy, and Notre Dame. We'll get to the numbers, 20 and a half right now, 49. That number's coming down as far as the total because of inclement weather. Remember, it's going to be 7.30 kickoff time there in Dublin. It's going to be fallish in the 50s, potentially some rain, 10-mile-an-hour winds. So we'll get to it. Two teams that like to go to the ground, however, maybe a change in philosophy with Hartman in. We'll get to that. Also, the biggest number on the board tomorrow, boys, San Jose. Jose State in USC. You're sitting 31 now at DraftKings. Of course, Caleb Williams. Will he repeat? We'll get to that one coming up in just a little bit. Got plenty to do, but that's where we start, Sam. It's exciting times as football is right around the corner. And while we talk about football starting, let's talk about your new show starting on the weekends. Let's do this. Yeah, I'm, I'm jacked up. We get football back this weekend. We have to actually bet on some games that mean something here with College Week Zero. We get the NFL back in just a couple weeks here as well. I uh, can't wait to be joining the VC team here going to be hosting the handle from four pacific to seven pacific saturday and sunday night uh, and that's a great time we're going to be able to cover the big time games coming up on the that night for college football and i cannot wait to do the the preview show here as well from it's going to be from six to seven pacific uh, every saturday we're going to have the contest information come out so we'll be able to talk about the millions contest as well as the survivor contest who picked whom in those spots and then on sunday not only do we get to talk about the nfl and the the afternoon games closing during that time set but we're also going to get the openers for the next week, so we can talk Huge. about getting those bets in early, what lines we think we're going to move. We're going to actually have a closing line value trophy for the show that Matt and I will be competing for, so can't wait to get that thing going. Yeah, that's huge. And again, Matt Brown and, of course, Mike Samich, Saturdays and Sundays, going to be an awesome show. Look forward to it. Big guy, he mentioned something in the mix there, and that is Circa Survivor. So a little bit of an announcement. We talked about it a little earlier. We did ask our regular co-host, Amal Shah. This won't shock anybody. We said, Amal, you want to get involved with a team, kind of Circa Survivor? And he said, no. 
We said, well, why not? He said, I don't want to give away strategy. We said, okay, hey, Samich, you want to get involved? So the three of us, one, the big guy, me, and, of course, Mike Samich, we're going to enter for the content. It's all for content because the probability, boys, of winning isn't high, but we're going to enter our circus survivor. Now, as soon as Samich big guy got on the team, we started becoming inundated with emails of him <laughs> sending level. over Excel spreadsheets. Here's how I think we should handle week three. Let's get through week one, but exciting. Nonetheless, big guy. It was like, it was like calling up Billy bean and being like, Hey, I think I want to, I want to win the world <laughs> series. Can you help? And all of a sudden it's like, well, the sabermetrics say we got to do this in week one and this in week two. And people are, no, I'm, I'm pumped. The, the biggest problem I have right now is coming up with a good team name. Cause no offense, but we're not going to call our team name sharp money. Um, so we're going to have to brainstorm over the next three hours here. Cause I'll go enter us this weekend into the contest and we just got to come up with a good name. I got to say, big guy, you're probably the most creative of the three of us. So the naming thing really is on you here. I'm a little insulted I wasn't the first one asked, but since you have a show with them all, I won't take that too personally. And you got to plan for Survivor. You got to plan like you're going to win this thing. If you don't plan for the Christmas Day games and you don't plan for Thanksgiving week, you're going to be sitting there and you're going to have a shot at millions of dollars, literally millions of dollars, and you won't be able to use any of the home teams. So so this is the difference, Samich, is you and I are very competitive people. And our other, our third, he's just like, it's an experience, very hippie, (laughs) and like, life's about moments and enjoying these things, and I'm doing it with my friends. Like, he's very, like, much inner peace with it, and you and I are like... No, we're going to take everyone else down. Yeah, no, we we need the money here. This isn't this isn't a trip to Joshua Tree, okay, Maher? We got to win this puppy. <laughs> yeah, doing some ayahuasca with Rogers over there in Palm Springs. Why not? All right, boys. So a couple of things. I've got random stuff I want to throw at you. We've been kind of hammering a few teams, and it's kind of been a theme with Jonathan Von Tobel and Jared Smith. So I want to carry those teams over as far as NFL win totals to Samich, the Packers, the Ravens, the Bears, and the Steelers. We have those in the mix. Of course, you've got three preseason games tonight. Of course, I'll just set you up quickly. Detroit at Carolina. Carolina sitting four and a half off the three opener. New England, Tennessee. Right now, Tennessee's a point and a half. Uh, the Chargers in San Francisco. San Francisco's up to seven and a half. Here's one thing I will say, and I want to get your take on this, boys, because I was thinking about it right before the show started, and Dustin, you were hosting the previous show. But one thing that we've learned last year and this year with the three preseason games is there's no formula anymore. Remember, there used to be that dress rehearsal in game three when it was a four-game slate as far as the pre. But there's no set rotation. Every team has their own agenda it's random. Like there used to be a template we could follow Samich as far as the preseason and every team would follow. But this is, this is different these days. It, the idea of starting Richardson, sitting him in a game, like everything and every team has their own agenda in the pre. Uh, they really do. A lot of it is quarterback based. You want to try and get your ones out there with the quarterbacks. We've had some offensive line injuries for some of these teams. So they don't want to put their starter out there with the offensive lines being banged up. Some coaches just care more. And, and you've seen things from the McVay tree specifically the McVay coaches they don't care about the preseason they have no interest in winning the games they just want to try and run a couple plays they want to see some of the younger guys get specific reps where they're going to see some competition for specific spots on the team but from a winning or losing perspective not that interested you see other teams they really do care about it the Ravens obviously just got their 24 game win streak snapped but that's an organization that wanted to go out and show their best in the preseason would run their starters out there for one or two series every single game so you got to look at the coaches and how they play it and if you're betting preseason football, which I do, you need to go on Twitter. And it sounds crazy, but you, well, X, I guess now you got to be on X and make sure that you check out what the beat writers are saying, because that is where you get the mass majority of the information as soon as professional bettors do, because that's where you're getting a lot of the, the who's going to start, who's going to sit, how many series are we going to see from the number one quarterback. And that's incredibly key when you look at these preseason games. Big guy, we've always talked about this, and I think it's a good time, as Sam has just alluded to it, uh, the beat. That is a grind for those that cover specific teams, but they get the best information. They become friends. They become enemies with the teams they cover. They become friends with individual players and enemies. They get the dirt. They get the gossip. So you got to go straight to the beat. That's a good point. When you're talking college football, your best resource, and I I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's student blogs. The student blogs that are set up, like I, I think USC's is like fight on. We can go ahead and look it up, big guy, but I have them all bookmarked. But the student blogs, which they get 
access that others don't at big time papers within universities and they get to know and become friends that befriend the players. So a student run blog that follows a team in particular, I see you looking it up. Do you have the name of the USC blog? Well, I mean, it must be a minute since you've used fighton.com because they haven't updated it since 2017. Well, there's a new one. But so when kids graduate, there'll be new ones that are starting. Again, I know it sounds like remedial, but it's exactly where you need to go because they get the inside information. And think about you when you were in college. It's probably when you were the most passionate about everything you were doing because, I don't know, you kind of had the most time to allocate for it. So it makes a lot of sense. And just to paraphrase what Samich said, he essentially told us that if you need information on the NFL preseason, X is going to give it to you. X going to give it to you, going to give it to you. There's no doubt about that. Um, lastly, before we kind of dive into this one, oh, this is what I wanted to bring up because we're going to talk about Notre Dame and Navy. And Sam Hartman is a six-year senior. Big guy, this is probably something you're into. You're into television. QB1, do you remember Beyond the Lights, QB1, which was a series that followed these quarterbacks, the hopefuls from high school to college? You remember the series, right, Dustin? Yes, I remember it. I'm trying to remember who else was on his season. I can't remember if it was Justin Okay, I'll tell you. Don't don't, don't blow it because Justin Fields is entering year three as the Chicago Bears quarterback, Sam Hartman and Justin Fields were on the same season of QB one beyond the lights. I bring that up because Notre Dame, who's sitting 20 and a half, I actually like Navy and I like the under you've lost the best of it on the under. And I think you might get a 21 by the time we kick off here, Samich, and we can come back and just kind of spread out and talk about this game, but it just kind of highlights one. You're getting a ton of experience. You're getting a grown ass man and Sam Hartman and a huge upgrade at quarterback for Notre Dame this year. That's going to make a massive difference for them in this game, especially when you see the way Navy defended them in the second half last year. Notre Dame gets out to a big lead. Navy decides to go into full press coverage, basically zero-man coverage in the back end. And Notre Dame's receivers and quarterbacks were not able to take advantage of that in the second half. The game ends up tightening up. Never really in doubt. Notre Dame wins 35-32 last year. If they try and come out with that same strategy against Sam Hartman and this set of receivers, they're going to get burned real fast, real early. And then they're going to have to adjust and decide how do we want to try and stop this offense. I'm not sure, sir, I agree with you on Navy or the under Patrick. So this is going to be a fun one to talk about. Oh, good. Well, I'm looking forward to discussing it. We should also discuss when we talk about this game, two teams that generally like to run, certainly the triple option with Navy. We should talk about the new clock rules instituted this year in college football as well. But big guy, that's going to be a big benefit. Hartman is prolific and he's a grown man. Yeah, and you got to remember when betting week zero, there's a lot of situations this week where you have a new quarterback or a new offensive coordinator This is one of them. Definitely superior talent on that side, but we got to see how they work themselves in and develop the chemistry on the fly against the Navy team. That's just kind of annoying when you play them. (laughs) (laughs) They're mid. They're mid. The midshipmen are annoying as well. Absolutely, (laughs) literally mid. When we return, let's do it. Week zero, boys. Malik Zaire is going to join a former Notre Dame quarterback. Ari Wasserman, Yogi Roth got a packed show. Samich in today on a Friday. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. Oracle.com slash strategic. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. All right, throughout the NFL preseason, which continues tonight, the VEASAN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month, so it's coming up here, and we're going to help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, which we're going to get to with Notre Dame Navy, and football contest strategies. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your copy of the guide or take advantage of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for $199. Sign up today, vcin.com slash subscribe. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Fired up to be here on a Friday. Sharp money. It is vcin, the sports betting network. Hope you're having a nice week as we launch into six months of heaven. And that is football tomorrow, week zero. Dustin Sweetelson, Mike Samich. I'm Patrick Maher. And just quickly, before we get to Notre Dame Navy, and we'll talk about the weather and the implications there. Samich, for those that are kind of floating around Vegas, you're going to be part of a panel at Circa. I believe it is coming up tomorrow with Mike Palm. You want to give us some details there? It is, yeah. It's the kickoff panel for football over at Circa. Mike Palm's hosting it. Uh, there's going to be four of us panelists from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. It's free over at Circa. If you want to come join us, uh, you can submit questions via Twitter or live in the audience, any type of football betting-related questions. We're going to talk college football, talk NFL, talk strategy, and it's their contest sign-up weekend as well. So it's a promotion for their both their Millions contest as well as Survivor. Should be an absolute blast. You're going to get sick of me this week on VEASAN. I'll be on, I think it's eight hours on Saturday and Sunday talking football. Well, you're a great dude. We look forward to it. So more information, go to circusports.com for the panel. Great job with Palm and Samich. Navy Notre Dame, let's jump into it, boys. 20 and a half. Uh, the opener, as far as the total 50 and a half, we're down to 48 and a half. 49 DraftKings is showing. So we're showing officially on our number 48 and a half. Some of that has to do as far as the total coming down a bit. Uh, new clock rules. So I just want to get this out of the way. The clock runs... Um, after every first down, that's what you're used to in college football. It's going to, it's going to continue to run as far as stopping, as opposed to, um, stopping, I should say, except in the last two minutes of each half. So you're going to have possessions limited. These are two teams in Navy and Notre Dame that want to run the football. Also, we should talk about the kind of turnover here. Navy's got a new head coach. Navy's got a new offensive coordinator. Second year for Freeman, Notre Dame, but a new offensive coordinator, new head coach. I don't expect both teams to be finely tuned. Two teams that like to keep it on the ground generally, although Hartman might change things a little bit, and that triple option with the new offensive coordinator may go a little bit more to the pass. Uh, this is a team in Navy that was great last year defending the run against Notre Dame, gave up just 66 yards on the ground. And they do bring back, the reason I like them taking the number, they bring back production in what they do. And that is offensive line, 78% of their production is back. And rush yards, 84% of the production for Navy is back. I think it's going to be sloppy. They're traveling to Dublin. Their inner clock is going to be all waxed out because it's 7.30 there, not necessarily here. And the weather is going to be a little inclement. Let's go ahead and dive into Navy Do Notre Dame here, Samich. Uh, this is an interesting one. The total was what, what was interesting to me right out of the 
Gate. You mentioned the new clock rules. Just to put that in perspective, uh, it actually was interesting watching film from last year's games. You saw anywhere from two seconds after the first down was awarded, they would start running the clock to as high as 15 seconds after the first down was awarded, they would start rolling the clock. So there was variance depending on what conference you were watching, how much this is going to affect the totals. Uh, there's about 20 first downs in each half of college football. If you assume five of those happen in the final two minutes, that means there's about 15 first downs that happen in each half. So you're talking about three and a half, four minutes of game action that is going to wind off the clock that did not last year. So that's going to be the effect you're going to see on the game. As far as that being one of the reasons totals are getting bet down, that is already baked into all of these point totals. Vegas has already taken into account, my guess is between three and four points in each one of these games and brought the total down off the numbers that they believe were set. So if you're coming in here one day before week zero and you're saying, I'm going to bet the unders because of these new rules, you're about three weeks late because they were already factored in a while ago. So I want to make sure we get that out of the gate right away. Now, this one opened at 50 and a half. You mentioned the weather. That's really why we've seen this gone down, and that's the majority of the arguments for the under here. Uh, some of those rushing stats you were mentioning, Navy 130th in college football with running, throwing the ball only 16.23% of the time last year. Notre Dame actually 118th, only 40% throws. I expect Notre Dame to flip that and throw a little bit over 50% this year with Hartman and a better set of wide receivers. I do like the over here because of the series tendency we've seen. The last 10 years, they've averaged around 62 points in this game, which is kind of surprising because of the two teams that you're seeing, and, and you've consistently seen more of rush offense on both sides. It's going to be interesting to see how Navy tries to defend this Notre Dame team as well. I mentioned how they went into press coverage, and that worked in the second half. That won't work this year, so they need to kind of switch it up and figure out a new way to defend Notre Dame here. I don't really like either side in this game. When I broke it down, I think this is about right. And last year, what Notre Dame did in the second half scares me to the point where I'm not willing to lay the 20 and a half here. They really shut it down. They decided to, to take the foot off the accelerator. They took a couple deep shots, but for the most part, just tried to run the football and run out the clock. I could see Notre Dame getting up early and then letting Navy back into the game, understanding Navy doesn't have the offense to be able to score enough in the time allotted in the clock. If it pops 21, would you be willing to take with Navy? No, I passed on 21 and a half. I passed on 21. To me, if I'm going to play this game, it would be either the over or Notre Dame first half because I do believe Notre Dame is going to come out and be successful offensively. When you're trying to defend a team like Navy, past precedents and, and having experience against them, a huge advantage. Also playing them week one, a pretty big advantage because you are able to have two, three weeks to prepare for this triple option offense. Whereas yeah. if you're in season, you only have a week to get ready. So to me, you have a preparation advantage for the unique offense on Navy's side, which often gives Navy an advantage. And you have a Notre Dame team that I think has more weapons than they did last year. And Navy not really sure how to defend those weapons right out of the gate. Yeah, it'll be interesting, the tempo. I mentioned the two new OCs, big guy. It'll be interesting because these are two teams that had no tempo. If you look to last year and beyond, it'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame gets going a little bit more. Navy also with a new coordinator, but the tempo would lend itself to an underplay here. What concerns me about Notre Dame, and again, they're just rotating studs in. Freeman's done a hell of a job with recruiting, but most of that front seven's gone. They don't have a ton of talent outside, outside of Jaden Thomas. They've got obviously kids that are going to show and prove. I think it's going to take a little bit for Notre Dame to get going. I will take it with Notre Dame. Where are you? Excuse Man. me. I will take it with Navy. Where are you at? I am. I've, I've gone back and forth with this game. I'm trying to find a bet because you know, it's the first game of the season. <laughs> so I'm not going to just watch it and not have a bet on it. But you, you guys mentioned it. Brian Newberry's first year as the head coach. He brings in an offensive coordinator, Grant Chestnut from Kennesaw state. The goal there is for him to add a passing element to this team, not necessarily be a passing team, but be able to throw the ball a little bit. But we always see in these transitions from that full triple option to wanting to, to get the ball in the air more, they just don't have the players to do it normally, which is a concern. It could work out, but there, there's a lot unknown about this offense and the transition they're making. Then you look at the Navy defense. I mean, they were the best in the AAC on third down last year, best in getting stops. They were second in the league in sacks, second in the nation at stopping the run a year ago, which is kind of crazy because you would think they don't have the big boys up front. And the thing about the Navy defense is the best unit is the secondary. So if Notre Dame is going to throw it, you're competing against their best unit. I am really struggling to try and, try and find a play here. Look, Navy hasn't beaten Notre Dame since 2016. That was a one-point win. They've lost by 3, 28, 32, 22, and 7 uh, since their last win. That's an average loss of 12.2 points per game in the margin. 
I might go something on the first half here, but I have a lot of concerns about betting the full game because we have so much unknowns. And I haven't gotten into Notre Dame, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback who should be able to air it out. My assumption would be is the run game would be too physical for no, for Notre Dame to against Navy's defense, but I just read off all those stats from last year where they were great against the run. System versus studs. Dustin d- just did a great job, Samich, outlining exactly what we're dealing with here. You're talking Notre Dame studs, and then you're talking Navy system, meaning you've got defensive tackles that lay two, weigh 225 pounds playing at Navy. Like, these are completely <laughs> different, like beasts, literally different human beings. They can't recruit what Notre Dame and the other big schools recruit. It's just about the system. And that 12-2 point diff is remarkable when you think about the difference in talent. It really is. And you're, you're hit the nail on the head on the system side here, specifically offensively with a triple option. The system was what made Navy interesting here because you didn't see them at all or that specific style of offense at all, all year, except for one or two times when you're playing the service academies. Now with a little slight switch, it's going to be interesting to see if that makes it easier to play against Navy because it's not a hundred percent system. Now you're going to have to have some of the athletes on the outside to make plays in the passing game. You can't just run fullback dive for three yards, run it four times and get a first down off those 12 yards. So, the way this game is play called is from the OC perspective is going to be very interesting on the Navy side. I don't believe they're just going to air this puppy out. I think you're still going to see a good 80% run here from Navy. The question is, are they going to be able to move the ball on the ground with who they have in that offense? And are they going to be able to move the ball from the shotgun as well? It is easier to defend a shotgun triple option than it is to defend an under the center triple option because you have so many more sneaky plays where the quarterback fakes the hand, the dive, fakes the pitch, and then runs right behind the fullback. You have all these different options you have when you're running that triple option offense under center that aren't really there when you're running it out of pistol. Uh, I'm just laughing because death, taxes, and Navy's going to throw the ball more this year. (laughs) I mean, those are the three things. Like, literally, that's all we ever hear. New offensive coordinator, they are going to run the football. Again, 50 and a half on the opener. You lost the best of it on the total, but I do like the under there in Dublin. The biggest number on the board, potentially a statement game for USC. We're coming back. San Jose State here in Los Angeles. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Lots of buzz about Billy Walters and Brent Musburger for good reason. They sat down together. The conversation was awesome. Go to vsin.com to check that out. And right now, if you become an annual subscriber at vsin.com slash subscribe, you get a copy of Billy Walters, the greatest gambler of all time as far as sports betting. Get a copy of his book, Gambler, Secrets from a Life at Risk. A friend of mine in Michigan listened to the whole thing. Absolutely loved it. You get everything we offer, annual subscription. You use the code Billy, you get a free copy of the book, which they're running out. Make sure you check it out. vcin.com slash subscribe. It's vcin.com slash subscribe. Mike Samich, thrilled to see our good friend Mike Samich. We're going to get to Survivor and some strategies coming up in just a little bit. Malik Zaire is going to join. Ari Wasserman's going to join. We've got a ton to do. The big guy doing a great job hosting before Sharp Money, now producing and hosting here. The two of you are going to have to talk me off a ledge going over this 66 at the Coliseum tomorrow. Let's go. San Jose State, USC. Biggest number on the board. Just got hit down from 31 and a half to 31. Remember, a statement opportunity on a team in USC that didn't lose at home last year. Opener, 66 to 14 over Rice. Let's discuss this one. I'll start with USC and I'll let you guys take it. First off, you got to replace Addison, wide receiver. They do. I don't think they take a step back with Singer coming in from Arizona, Taj Washington, Mario Williams, and that's going to help Caleb Williams. Of course, San Jose State's very interesting because they had a very salty defense last year, but they're returning just 50% of their production on that side of the ball. They do have Cordero. He's legit, a very good quarterback, dual threat, and Justin Lockhart might be the best wide receiver in the Mountain West. So there's some talent there offensively with an offensive line that's returning as well. Again, I mentioned the turnover, Samich, as far as San Jose State on defense. Defense is going to be the focus in Los Angeles with USC. They hit the portal hard. They've got to make some adjustments on that side of the ball. But you're looking at a first quarter play as far as the total. I think this is fascinating. Let's start there. Yeah, when you dive into the game here, it's a 66 and a half the total for the game, 37 right now total for the first half, but just 14 points for that first quarter. And to me, that's where you can start attacking this game if you want to. I like the over 14 in the first quarter. USC is going to get out to a hot start. They're going to put points up. The San Jose State offense, you mentioned it. 
they are very good. I would give this like this is a basically an A offense from the Mountain West, and you've got a D defense from San Jose State that's coming in with that A offense. On the USC side, this is one of the best offenses in the country. And the questions are on that defensive side of the ball. They did hammer the portal, added a defensive tackle from Georgia, a linebacker from, from Iowa. They added some pieces in the secondary. They should be significantly better. It may take a while for them to get significantly better. I wouldn't be shocked if San Jose State is able to move the ball on USC and get a couple touchdowns in this game. And when you look at this right out of the gate, what's, what's going to happen? Look, if San Jose State wins the coin toss, they take the ball. They're either going to go down the field quickly or they're going to get rid of the ball pretty quickly because it's going to be incomplete passes, not runs. They won't be grinding any clock. USC will get the ball back. And then you have Caleb Williams there leading that offense who should have no problem scoring. And when you look at what Lincoln Riley has been able to do with quarterbacks who are up for the Heisman, they're averaging over 30 points in the first half. The six times he's had a quarterback who's a top three Heisman favorite. In those six games, his quarterbacks have thrown for 15 touchdowns, 305 yards on average. They are very quick starters here. Lincoln Riley knows that Caleb Williams is wanting to win back-to-back Heismans. This is a special team at USC, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. To me, this is points, 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 points. It's just when it stops. Does it slow down in the second half? Do you see Caleb Williams in the second half? So that's why the full game over gets me a little nervous, but that first quarter over sitting at 14 with a first half total of 37 just seems wildly low to me. Number shocked me. I was glad you brought it to my attention. I'm looking at both team totals as well. Right now, San Jose State, big guy sitting 17 and a half. Now, check this out. USC sitting 48 and a half. That just comes down to whether or not they want to score 50. They can if they want to. If the game's obviously in balance, they'll go over 50. That's without a doubt. Whether or not they take the foot off the gas is the question if you want to go over a team total for USC. Samish told me 44 and a half is the number he saw in USC as far as team total. So that number's jumped up markedly, big guy. Uh, A team in USC that wants to make a statement. Didn't lose at home. I think Singer's going to be just as good as Addison, who's in the pros. Uh, it's a team that's loaded offensively. Uh, our betting board has USC Moneyline minus 6,000. I actually like caught it out of the corner of my eye. I thought it said good. I've never seen that many numbers <laughs> on a money line on one of our betting boards. I swear I thought it said good, not minus 6,000. Uh, <laughs> let's go back to last year opening week, right? Because – these scripted drives, they've been working on it all offseason. They've been knowing what they want to call. You have to remember a year ago, USC was the first year for all these players other than Caleb Williams to learn Lincoln Riley's system, right? They had to get in the flow of things. Well, they played Rice. Rice generally stinks. Uh, but USC scored on its first drive, 75 yards. Rice answered with seven of its own. That was them learning this system. They've now had a full offseason to establish themselves in it. They have players coming back who know how to teach it to all the new guys they bring in. This is a different look for USC. I like Mike's bet on the first quarter of over the 14-and-a-half. I think it makes a lot of sense because if they're allowing Rice to score and they're scoring seven a year ago, this offense might be more explosive this year with Caleb in his final season at USC. I think it's a really fascinating number to me. In that in that game against Rice last year, 24 points in the second quarter, 28 well, that, points in the third so, quarter. They, so they once they get going, going downhill, yeah. it's just going to be a barrage. Yeah. And on the other side, you're not facing a horrible offense. Like no. They're going to find a way to score. I'm trying to find some rushing props. I want to bet against rushing props for San Jose State because I think they're going to be throwing the ball the whole game. Well, and you mentioned, Patrick, liking the, the Notre Dame Navy pace that you're going to see because they both run. This is the exact opposite, right? We're going to see passes here. This will not be as affected with the new rules as much, this specific game. So you're going to see more points because you're seeing more pass-heavy offenses in this situation. I've seen a lot of predictions with and some people I really respect with San Jose State scoring anywhere between 11 and 15 points here. I mentioned the team total 17 and a half. I just don't see that. A vet offensive line, Cordero is a kid that started off at Hawaii, total dual threat, can do a lot, make something happen. And as I mentioned, Lockhart's back, probably the best wide receiver. Now, the question, he's been in and out of practice. I was kind of digging through those blogs, the student blogs. He's been in and out of practice. The expectations is the wide receiver is going to start. Remember, they had Elijah Cooks last year, who's now a Jacksonville Jaguar. So it's not like San Jose State is bereft of talent. I mentioned the salty defense, and this lends itself to that over. You give Lincoln Riley a script, and that's what the two of you are kind of pointing to. Dustin did a good job outlining Riley coming into a game like this with a script is dangerous. That's why I love that first quarter over. And also, if they need 
I like the 44 and a half you mentioned team total, but it's all the way up to 48 and a half. So that starts to scare me a little bit, Samich, as far as USC. Yeah, I think that the team total is out of range now because you just don't know how much you're going to get from Caleb Williams in the second half because this game may be very much out of hand at that point. And I'm not really looking at backing the USC second string team to be able to get two touchdowns to push me over that total. I think this is a game you want to be in the first half. We saw Caleb Williams get hurt last year. I think that's going to limit some of his playing time in these blowouts. You might see him in the third quarter, but I'd be surprised if we see him in the fourth. And then just just on the San Jose State side to drive it home, 11th most pass-happy offense in college football last year, passing over 58% of the time. So they will be airing it out. 100%. I don't know where the two of you are on this USC team, but the Williams-Riley combination, I think this is the best quarterback Lincoln-Riley's had. And I know that says a lot. I know it pisses you off to think about Caleb Williams going back-to-back with the Heisman and potentially a three-peat for Georgia. That's something that the big guy's brain is just stuck on. If they get any production. It's just not going to happen. That's fair. That's fair. The one crazy outlier here is the Pac-12 this year. USC is legitimately in a legit conference for the first time in 10 years. But this is the issue for the Pac-12 anytime they have a contender. One of those other teams that we're going to love to watch all year, whether it's Washington or Oregon State or someone you're not expecting in the Pac-12 is going to mess up their chances for the playoffs. It doesn't matter how good the league is. doesn't matter how deep the league is. At some point, the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself, and it always happens, and they knock themselves out of the playoff. USC's win the Pac-12. Plus 195, let's go. I think they're going to make the playoff. They're going to be 11-1 going into it, uh, and then they'll get blown out in the semis. <laughs> The number that surprises me, I'm I'm not as high as others on Oregon at plus 310, your second betting favorite in the pack. Uh, I do like Washington at plus 320. I believe, big guy, you're with me there. I think potentially health included, potentially that could be the best offense in the country. The offense is going to be there. There's weapons. They return offensive linemen. Penix was as good as anybody in the country a year ago throwing the football. It was the number one passing offense in, in the nation. Defense is going to be good. They have they have everything. They have the total package to me to make a run and be a scary team. And I love their head coach. I trust Kalen DeBoer more than some of the other guys in this league. I still don't know about Dan Lanning that he coaches defense. I think that defense needs to be a lot better. So I'm more of a Washington guy than the rest of them. And if Utah had health at quarterback, I'd be in on them. But there's a lot of questions for Week One and them just beating Florida. You want some number shock, Dustin? Go check out Penix's passing yard prop. You'll bet the over before the show's over. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's why I do believe in Lanning. They were embarrassed. They looked listless week one against Georgia last year and completely turned the season around. He's 37 years old at the time. I like Lanning in Oregon. Just don't love the squad as much as others this year. Love Washington. Love Oregon State. Love Oregon State's schedule, by the way. A lot of good teams in the pack. When we return, steam's going the wrong way in San Diego. Okay, Ohio's in town. Let's discuss. Week zero continues here. Sharp Money. Epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's football season. Come on now. You know this is when the money is made. Nobody knows football like VSIN, and now's the time to become a VSIN subscriber and get our comprehensive college and NFL guides. Only VSIN subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Sign up today $199 to get everything we offer through the Super Bowl. Or you want to give it a month? $19. That's simple. VSIN.com slash subscribe. You can see the battle. When the picks are sent out every single day, you see the leaderboard. You can see the battle throughout the football season between Wes Reynolds and Mike Somich. Mike Somich <laughs> joins us here on set there at the South Point with the big guy. This is Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher. Hope you're having a nice week. Get prepared. The Avalanche is coming tomorrow, week zero of the NFL. I want to talk about Ohio at San Diego State. That was two yesterday. DraftKings just went to three on San Diego State. I think that number's going the wrong way, so I'll go against the steam. But we were having a conversation during the break that I think is worth repeating, and that is anytime you talk, it sounds trite, and every time you hear somebody on VEASAN or another outlet say, well, it starts with the quarterback and health. Well, it truly does. I mean, when you're talking about these season-long props, how about this, boys? How many quarterbacks started a game in the NFL last year? There's 32 teams. I'll give you the answer. 68. Wow. So two plus a team. How many NFL teams started three or four quarterbacks? A handful. That's a lot. What's, what's that tell you? That health isn't guaranteed. That's just the way it is. Why are we discussing Michael Penix Jr.? So we were talking Washington and Penix Jr. and potentially the best offense in college football. Those wide receivers are ridiculous. And Penix Jr., when healthy, has been ridiculous. However, you look at his season-long prop, Samich, and you can take it from here. It's dropped what, close to 900 yards as far as passing yards. Now, a lot of that has to do with the clock change and the rules change, but there's more to it. Let's jump into some of these passing yard props. Yeah, three of the quarterbacks that jumped out to me when you look at the full season props were the big guys, right? Penix Jr., Caleb Williams, Drake May. All of them are between 900 and 1,100 yards under last year's passing totals for their prop this year, which was very surprising to me. If you look at the, the time that I expect off the clock, I'm talking about a approximately 10% of the clock will be bled off now with this new rule. So you're looking about three minutes in each half that you're not going to see anymore. If you take 10% off of their throwing totals, you're still four, five, 600 yards over what the projected total is this season. So really, it feels like if you're going to bet these overs on their passing yards, it's really all about do they stay healthy? Because look, Penix Jr. threw for 4,600 yards last year. His total sitting at 3,700 yards this year. So about a 10 or 20% drop-off year-over-year in production. If he's healthy for 12 games, he's going over 3,700 yards. That's a no-doubter, right? So it's all about whether or not these guys are healthy. And to me, I'm willing to take the over on Penix Jr. I'm willing to take the over on Caleb Williams. I'm willing to take the over on Drake May. Because if you play him as a set and two of the three stay healthy, you're going to end up cashing two of these over tickets. There's a hedge on health always. So remember, these season-long bets, they're fun. And if you have the bankroll... They're certainly worthy of an investment. Just understand a lot of it can be thrown out the window early in a season if somebody who is oft injured, like Michael Penix Jr., big guy, we saw that at Indiana as well, gets hurt. Yeah, and I, I, I guess with these bets, the, the one thing I guess I hesitate in betting them is just like it's hard to get off of them, right? There, there's hard to find outs when things aren't going your way late. Like with a 30 or 25 to 1 futures ticket, you can usually come back the other way and find a way to at least break even. With a lot of these props, I don't even know if they're up during the season. It can be hard for you, but th it it seems really weird 
that they're expecting this much of a drop-off when, like, the rules change all the time. And, like, these stats have been pretty consistent of what some of these types of guys do year in and year out in these big-time college offenses. Like, I don't envision Michael Penix taking a step back. The only thing stopping him from going over this number, which is, what, 3750 is if he doesn't play every game or if they're absolutely decimating people and he gets pulled early. Well, if you look at the Pac-12 as well, it's a passing league. You're not going to see as big of an effect from these these clock rules because you're going to see so many teams airing it out as well, which will give Caleb Williams and Penix Jr. the opportunity to be able to get more of these pass yards. So to me, it really does come down to health. And to Dustin's point, it's a portfolio of bets here. It's not like a future bet where you're trying to find ways to hedge. Sure. You're looking to bet 10 to 12 of these, and you're looking to go 8 and 4, right? You're trying to have a, a profitable so portfolio. units. Spread them out. Yeah, so you're trying to go, you have a profitable portfolio. You're still using the, the same idea of 1% to 5% of your bankroll on each one of these futures, but you're choosing how much you want to actually tie up, and you have to really like these if you're going to tie them up. I'm not someone who's going to sit there and bet 40 team totals before the season because I don't want to tie up that much of my bankroll when I would rather attack a lot of those teams situationally and when I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Injuries happen and kill team totals too, right? You talked about four quarterbacks in the NFL, Patrick. I bet those teams all went under their total last year or or the majority of them did. It's the injuries affect not just these player props, but also what the team can do as well. So I'm I'm looking for anywhere from 10 to 12 of these props I really like. Play that as a, a portfolio of the 12 of them. Try and go eight and four. Try and make a profit off that, and then move along to the next season. Certainly a correlation with success and injury. Just Ho- Jeff Hostetler ain't walking through that door, big guy. <laughs> Uh, Okay, let's discuss this one, and I'm a little surprised by the movement. Two yesterday, Ohio at San Diego State. This is 4 p.m. Let's go to Snapdragon. Aztecs hosting the Bobcats. Two, it's up to three. Okay, DraftKings just popped three with San Diego State, the home team, laying at 48.5 on the total. First off, I know he had the ACL last year, but Curtis Work is going to be the best player on the field, a fifth-year guy in the same system. Very good. Nathan Work, remember, was a great quarterback at Ohio. His brother, uh, he's good to go. And the offense is loaded. Eight offensive starters return for Ohio. The wide receivers are loaded. The backfield has some nice parts. The line is loaded with vets. It's a team that is comfortable in the system with a ton of experience returning turning on offense. And then conversely, the strength of San Diego state last year, Samich was that defense. And essentially they just lost everybody from that front seven. Now, unless they dipped into the basketball team and grabbed some of those studs to play defense, because they probably could San Diego state, I think takes an, I think they take a step back this year. And again, this is more just to play on Ohio because I like the squad coming in this year. And Curtis Rourke, if he's healthy, is going to be the best player on the field. And I'm catching three. I'll take it. I'm surprised this one got back to three. Uh, we, we were at three and a half for a while. They're sitting with Ohio. This got down all the way to two for SDSU. It's now been bet back up to three. Uh, at three, I, I'm a little interested in Ohio. At three and a half, I'm a buyer on Ohio. I think that's the key number for me. I may still get involved at three. I already bet the under in this game. That was my best look. I liked under 49. These are two teams. They're going to want to keep the ball on the ground. You mentioned Ohio. They've got five upperclassmen offensive linemen. They're returning their, their top three rushers as well. San Diego State, not a team that's really going to spread it out and try and chuck it all around the field. And I do think San Diego State's going to be able to slow Ohio down. And we're going to see one of those grind them out games. We've talked about the new rules quite a bit. This is one of the games that's going to be affected quite a bit by it. I think you're going to see both these teams have success on the ground, but have long drives while doing it. I don't think you're going to see very many big plays pop. I think it all points to going under that 49 total. And I'm a buyer at Ohio at three. At three and a half, I get, I'm going to actually get a real bet in there. But at three, I'm still a little interested in Ohio. Yeah, you nailed it, Samich. San Diego State, they want to crawl, not run in this game. A good group of backs. They were a bottom 20 FBS offense last year. I mentioned the defense was awesome for them last year. It's a contrast in styles because Ohio is going to be a very good offense this year, big guy. Yeah, I. so I'm with you. I'm on Ohio. There's a couple reasons why. One, I think it's going to be a grinded-out game. And I think the thing San Diego State does best is limit the run. And I think Ohio is the team that has more of a a passing element that can score when needed. I don't think they're going to chuck the ball in San Diego State, but I think being able to be the better passing team will help them in the long run. They've got a bunch of receivers that are weapons. Last year, their defense was sixth to last nationally and pass yards allowed per game, which is irrelevant to me because on the other side, San Diego State, I don't know what I'm getting from their passing attack. They're going to be a run first team. So that plays into Mike's point about the total. And the, the thing about the Ohio defense is we don't know what we're getting. 
right? We don't know. They're very inconsistent the first six games, but they finished strong in the final eight games. So I can see this being a slug it out really deep into the fourth quarter. Ohio finds a way to cover or even win the game on a passing touchdown. I think that's the kind of vibe we're going for here. I trust Ohio's offense more than I trust San Diego State. San Diego State's a very conservative team. Like, they have turnovers with, like, the option teams. They rank right up there with, like, Navy and Army and some of these other teams that don't throw the ball ever in limiting their turnovers on offense. They're a conservative team. They're winning with that base 3-3-5 defense, and they're going to shut teams down on the ground. That is their goal, San Diego State. I think Ohio just has a little bit more firepower to find a way to score when it matters. Yeah, well done. Well done. And again, it's two ball control teams. It's not like Ohio is going to light it up and just go tempo, tempo. So to your point, Samich, that 48 and a half on the under, I like that as well. Yeah, to me, that's the look of the game here. And we're talking about the Notre Dame-Navy game where you've had consistently more points in that series. The total was sitting at the same light level. It's a 48-and-a-half, 49-type total. To me, this is the game that's much more likely to go under if you're looking those two. I, I, I agree with everything that Dustin said as well. To me, this is just going to be one of those very grind em out type games. Again, if we can get three-and-a-half with Ohio, sign me up for that. But love the under here. Okay, let's transition. We've got plenty more to do. Week zero, let's go to the NFL. And I mentioned kind of a theme this week with teams, the Ravens, the Packers. I'm looking at my notes here, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Bears. Those four teams will be discussed with Mike Samich as we continue. Sharp Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.